With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports, Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill is simply the best dentist I've ever gone to. He's been my only dentist the last 25 years. I cannot recommend him more highly. Call today, 317-849-2933. You probably have bad breath. If you haven't been to the dentist for a couple of years, bad breath is one of those things that you got to deal with. You don't have to. Call the dentist, Dr. Mike O'Neill, 317-849-2933. We're live here at Hinkle Fieldhouse. I'm sitting in the last row, and I'm telling you, they're in a bad seat in this place. It's been renovated. They've got uh, cooling, air conditioning, for God's sake. And look at this. Even all the way up to the top of Hinkle Fieldhouse, they have padded bleachers. Very, very nice. They got seats in the lower bowl, certainly, but where they've had bleachers historically, now they're padded. So your uh, your leg doesn't fall asleep. If you're a big guy, you can sit here and you can be kind of comfortable at Henkel Fieldhouse where the Bulldogs are going to play the University of Indianapolis on Friday night. And then they get rolling in this season uh, pretty damn quickly. The Gavit games are going to play Minnesota, and that game is just in a couple of weeks. This is going to be a, a an interesting season for Butler. We're going to talk about that in a little bit with players maybe Lavelle Jordan we'll see as we're live here we'll see who he can grab let's talk about the Colts they've got the Steelers this Sunday and this game against the Steelers in Pittsburgh is really important going into Heinz Field if you can win this game like the the Colts have been pretty good at beating mediocre to bad teams uh, certainly at home all right and the last two wins at home they've been nice but if you can go on the road and you can beat a team like the Steelers, you've got a chance to kind of lay claim in the AFC to maybe that number two seed. The Patriots, they look like they're going to be the number one seed. They're 8-0 halfway through this season. The Colts are 5-2. and two. It's going to be hard to catch the Patriots. The Patriots have the Ravens this weekend. The Ravens are 5-2 and two also. So that is a big game to keep an eye on if you're a Colts fan. If the, if 
the Ravens lose that game and the Colts win, they really kind of put some distance between themselves and the Ravens for that number two spot in the AFC, which would mean a first round bye. We're only seven games in, so it's a little bit early to talk about first round buys and division championships and that kind of thing. But you know what? This is just that big a game. And Frank Reich spoke to the media today. And one of the things he said, you, you got to kind of take the crowd out of it. Hopefully the Colts are able to do that. We spoke to Naheem Hines as well. He said that he takes great pride in going on the road and quieting crowds. That crowd in Pittsburgh, you know the Pittsburgh crowds. They got the terrible towels. They're all liquored up. They have a great time out there. And they are loud. They are proud. And if the Colts can silence them, you know what? You've, uh, you've done kind of a good day's work. You can be certain of that. The Colts winning this game, like I said, would, would send a message to the rest of the AFC that they're not just a product of their competition. The Colts have had a pretty easy go of it. They haven't played a lot of good teams. The only terrific team they've got ahead of them are the, uh, the New Orleans Saints at 7-1. and one. This team playing the level of competition that they've got to face you know what they got a good chance to go into the playoffs as the AFC South champion and maybe be in that number two seed and if you're the number two seed you get a week off and you're just one game away from the AFC championship now how the hell you're going to beat the Patriots in that AFC championship I have no earthly idea if everybody stays healthy for New England they're on a historic defensive pace and finding a way to be able to score enough points against the Patriots while they've got Tom Brady on the other side. That's going to be difficult. The Pacers, they play tonight in Brooklyn. The Nets are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and for good reason, because the Nets have got Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving is going to be able to make and create shots at the end of the game. The Pacers, they don't have anybody who can create shots. They've got to create shots with their system. They don't have a player as spectacularly gifted as Kyrie Irving. This is a game that's going to come down to the the waning moments, as do most of the games that the Pacers play. But the way they play late in games, the way they've been unable to offensively score, you know what? It's going to be a tough putt tonight against Brooklyn. The Pacers right now, the only team in the Eastern Conference without a win to their credit. Uh, IU last night, they beat Gannon by 30-84-54. The first half was a mess. Gannon had a lead late in the first half until uh, the Hoosiers went on that late that late run over the course of the last minute and a half in the half left in the first half and then they came out in the second half and they played reasonably good basketball Justin Smith was as good as you would expect him to be against a team like Gannon Gannon doesn't have a Justin Smith Justin Smith is big rangy long and he can jump out of the gym and he is a gifted and smart basketball player what Indiana didn't have for a good portion of the first half last night was toughness and they've got to get toughness. They've got to know that it's their job to compete 40 minutes a game and compete like it's meaningful. And this is what happens with kind of the old group of fans like me. I went to Indiana in the 80s, and, and we were there when guys were tough. And, and what Bob Knight was really good at communicating was the scarcity of opportunities for Indiana basketball players or any player in college basketball. You only have so many times to put on that uniform, go out on the floor at Assembly Hall, or at Assembly Hall and play the game of basketball. And these guys last night, at least throughout the majority of the first half, they kind of wasted that opportunity. And wasted opportunities, this is why, you know what, until you get to be about 30, 
you just really don't realize how scarce opportunities are. These guys who are coming in as freshmen, whether it's Trace Jackson Davis or Armand Franklin or even guys who are seniors, they just don't get that the clock is ticking and the end is nigh. You need to compete like you understand that you only go through this life once and this part of your life is going to be a very small sliver of it. And while you have that opportunity, you have got to pony up and you have got to compete and you have got to show toughness because if you don't, you are going to regret it sure as hell. And last night against Gannon, I don't think anybody's ever going to remember that that game even existed other than the kids from Gannon. But with Western Illinois and Portland State and Troy and Princeton and all these other schools that visit Assembly Hall throughout the month of November, these guys have to realize that what's going to win games in the Big Ten is not their athletic ability and it's not their talent. Like, there are three tiers in the Big Ten, right? And this is true in every conference. You've got the top-tier teams. And in the Big Ten this year, it's Michigan State, Maryland, and Ohio State. Then you've got the middle tier, which Indiana is in. And then you've got the lower tier, which is like Nebraska and Northwestern, Minnesota maybe. So you've got those three tiers. And what is going to separate the teams in that middle tier from one another the teams that are going to finish fourth through about 10th in the Big Ten is going to be toughness and a willingness to compete on a consistent basis. If Indiana winds up being the toughest team of that middle tier of uh, that middle tier group in the Big Ten, they've got a really good chance of going to the NCAA tournament, posting a winning record in the Big Ten, and, and maybe making some noise in March. If they're not, they might not qualify for the NIT. It's going to be toughness for this team. And what's going to bring that toughness is one of the guys who plays for the Hoosiers to step up in the locker room and get in somebody's ass. If you got guys who are not ponying up and they're not showing discipline and toughness every single possession, you kind of get that guy in the corner and you say, look, man, you're either going to change your ways or we're going to have a problem. And then things get corrected. You can't rely on a coach to get that done. Archie Miller, over the course of his first two seasons, we haven't seen a lot of toughness from Indiana as a collective, at least not consistently. This team is not going to be good enough. They don't have a single player ranked in the top 100 in college basketball. Not a single player. So you're not the most talented team in the Big Ten. And of those teams in the middle tier, you're not the most talented. So it's going to be toughness, and it's going to be consistent toughness, and there is no time like the present to start practicing that and making sure that you are tough when it comes to February and you must have a win. When Toughness, if you've got toughness, you're not going to lose 12 of 13 like Indiana did last year. You're going to find a way to gut out some wins during that stretch, and Indiana didn't get it done, and as a result, they went to the NIT last year. That's unacceptable for Indiana basketball. Indiana has got to change its ways, and that has to begin with behavior and culture, not physicality, not athleticism. They're as athletic as they're going to be, all right? They need to work on who they are, not what they are, but who they are. We'll see if they can get that done starting next week as they play Western Illinois, another game woefully on Big Ten+. Plus. Uh, let's talk about Butler because Butler, their challenge this Friday night against UIndy 
You think, okay, UND, it's a D2 team. People don't talk a lot about UND. But you know what UND did last night? They went up to the Gentile Center on the campus of Loyola of Chicago, the team that went to the Final Four a couple of years ago, and they beat Loyola. Exhibitions against UND are no joke. You have got to show up and you have got to show out. And if you don't, Stan Geralds and his crew, they are going to beat your ass. The Greyhounds are always tough, they are always talented, and they are always well-drilled, and they're going to come into Hinkle Fieldhouse, meaning business, because this is when they get their opportunity to shine, is in late October and November as they're playing these exhibitions in front of people in a place like Hinkle Fieldhouse or a place like the Gentile Center against teams, you look at Loyola and, and Butler, Over the last 10 seasons, you know what? They represent three Final Fours. The last time Indiana went to a Final Four was 2002. Indiana hadn't been to the Final Four more recently than either Butler or Loyola. So this game on Friday night is obviously important for the Bulldogs, but you're going to face a team that is amped to compete against you in the Greyhounds at the University of Indianapolis. All right, let's talk to Jordan Tucker. How's practice gone to this point? You, you open up Friday. You guys ready for that? Yeah, yeah. every day we've been competing, uh, going at it hard, um, having an attention to detail, just staying engaged the whole practice, um, and just sticking together. That's been our biggest thing. Did you notice that UND beat Loyola last night up in Chicago? Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. I didn't catch the game, but I, I was keep, a couple people sent me the scores, and I was keeping up with it, keeping up with it like that. Would you rather play like a doormat-type exhibition team where you can just kind of get a sweat up and feel good about how you guys are doing or a tough team? Like you, Indy, is on the very tough side of exhibition uh, opponents. Well, I mean, we're going to play tough teams all year, so why not, you know, get ready for it, you know? Um, I think they're going to be a good opponent, and they're going to they're help us prepare for when we start the real season. How's this team's a little bit different? No Jorgensen, so it's got to be a little bit quieter, and no Nate, so not him. But how's this different? Um, I mean, it's not much of a difference, you know. I, we did. I miss Paul, and <laughs> now that you mentioned him, but um, no, nah, we we got a good group of guys, and everything everything's the same, you know. It's, we have we've returning a lot of guys, so it's it's basically the same team. You guys were so close to being so good. What was the difference? What was the thing that was lacking last year as you guys came in tied for eighth, but so close to being tied for third? I mean, I think we, we were a new team. You know, there was a lot of different factors. Uh, we were young. Um, me coming in mid-season and kind of get used to playing with everybody, kind of sh- shook things up a little bit. And, and we just had to get used to losing together. And I, I think that helped us now. And I feel like last season brought us even closer so, like, that's where we are at this point now. How tough was that for you? Coming in midseason, they've kind of got what they're doing, and you come in and you want to help. But you, did you feel more helpful or disruptive somehow in your own head? I mean, it, it is what it was. Um, I, I, didn't feel, I didn't feel it was definitely tough for me, but I, I didn't feel any type of way towards it. I just knew that this is what the reality was, and I just had to get through it so, and figure it out and come up with a solution. No, I didn't really think of it as, like, what's the problem, you know? Right. Are you, are you migrating kind of into a leadership position? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying every day, you know. Guys like Aaron Thompson, Kamar, uh, Sean, they're leading us, and I'm, I'm just picking up things from them every day, you know. Who's the loudmouth? Who's the guy in the locker room who's like, hey, let's go, what are we doing? <laughs> Definitely Caleb. 
Caleb right? Battle, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's he's animated, you know. He has energy every day. He's always getting everybody pumped up uh, on the court, off the court, wherever we are. He's You hear him. You know where he's at. So, Beauty, have fun Friday. Thank Thanks you. for stopping by. Game seven tonight, you've got, uh, you got Scherzer on the bump for the Nationals, and it's Ali Ali Oxenfree for the Houston Astros who are going to throw everything they've got at the Nationals. The road team has won every single game of this series. Last night, 7-2 to in favor of the Nationals, so the winner tonight takes the whole thing. Game seven, there's nothing better in baseball than a game seven. The Nationals, like I've told you back in early September, they were 17-1 to to win the whole thing. I told you then, and I have repeated it virtually every day since, that 17-1 to was a great price on the Washington Nationals to win the World Championship championship and here they are on the precipice of getting that done and it's going to be up to Scherzer who a couple of days ago couldn't move his arm and had to be scratched as a starter in that game so as a result they've got him in game seven last night Strasburg was really really good going up against Verlander Verlander in seven World Series starts is 0-6 nobody in the history of baseball has done that Nobody in the history of baseball has started as many games as Verlander in a World Series and come up a loser as often as he has without a win. Just incredible stuff. He was pretty good last night. Gave up a couple of bombs, and those bombs kind of led to ruin. And then in the seventh, you had a two-run homer. You had another two-score in the, uh, the top of the ninth. And so the Nationals... They, uh, they forced a game seven. You had that controversial play. You had Trey, uh, Trey Turner, who hit that squibber down the third baseline, and uh, the, the throw to first hit him in the ass, and as a result, he was called out. It's a terrible rule. The execution of that rule, which is, um, which is subjective, and so it's not, it's not something that can be reviewed. I thought the execution of the rule was absolutely terrible, and that could have cost the Nationals a game. Instead of having runners on second and third with no outs, they had a runner on first with one out. The difference between those two scenarios is stark, and it was all the result of what I thought was a bad call. Joe Torre said it was a good call. Of course he is, for God's sake. What the hell else is he going to say in the postgame thing is he's sitting there holding the, the rule book. They've got to change that rule. You need more black and white rules in sports. The gray area rules are where things get, things get murky, Right. In football, it's pass interference. In baseball, it's this cockamamie rule, just terrible. And it's, they can't explain it to us, and we can't understand it, and that creates a disconnect between the way the game is officiated, the way the game is umpired, and the way we perceive it. And that is a huge problem. That's why people turn away from baseball. Last night, that review went on for more than five minutes, just over five minutes, and there was no real review. It's not a reviewable call. So what the hell are we doing? Get rid of replay. It cleans stuff up because without replay, you don't get into gray area nearly as much. Remember, it was replay coming into the NFL that made the catch-no-catch thing such a complete train wreck as it remains today and as pass interference calls remain today. Get rid of replay, and all of a sudden, things are a little bit better. What, What major league, baseball, what the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MLS, whatever, as they look at their games, you, you can't have the people who are involved in the games be the only voice in the room in determining how these games are going to be played. 
and what rules need to be enacted. You've got to think about the fans because if you don't think about the fans, they're not going to think about you, and that is going to be a problem. This has been Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling, of course, every day by 3 o'clock on SoundCloud, The Grueling Truth, iTunes, all over the place. Love talking to you in the morning, too, on uh, Breakfast with Kent, Facebook Live at 8 o'clock, and then on Periscope Live at about 8.15. We do it every weekday morning. We even did a special last night at halftime of the Indiana game because I was so pissed off about the way Indiana was playing. Every once in a while, we got the, uh, we got the flash, the breaking news that has got to be delivered, and so we'll do that on Periscope from time to time, too. Tomorrow morning, join me, 8 o'clock Facebook Live, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, 317-849-2933. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.